Hey, I hope you're having a great day. In this episode, I'm going to share a real simple formula that I use to trigger good, healthy conversations and make sure I'm not missing something, especially before conflict. Hi, this is Kirk Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden, who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. I don't know how many issues could be avoided if you properly start a conversation. What I'm talking about is walking into a conversation and figuring out essential information that you need before proceeding into the next steps of that conversation. This is beyond critical. It's something I used to miss a lot more than I do now. Maybe now I'm too loose on the other side. I do too much of this. But I'll, I'll give you a story that kind of led me down this path and uh, kind of give you, I hope, an analogy that you can use anytime when you're trying to trigger a conversation. I uh, went through an enormous process. I, I had a staff that wasn't performing that well. Uh, they were previously performing quite well, but they weren't performing well. And I'd read all these leadership books. And it's like, you got to tell them what they need to do. And, you know, you got to you got to push forward. You got to push them to the place where they're performing again. I I had read all of this stuff. I'd been told by HR, here's what you do. You write your discipline letter. You do all these things. And what happens during a lot of conflicts is you kind of put a, a wedge in your mind between yourself and the individual you're trying to uh, deal with. I think it's almost a protective mechanism because you feel like if you care too much, you're not going to be able to discipline, which I think is a lie. It's something that's really hard to work through, but it definitely gets in the way as you're trying to progress your organization with improving each individual's behavior. Now, um, I know I've said this before, but it's incredibly important to remember that you are not dealing with the individual. You are dealing with the position getting done, the job that they're getting, that they have getting done. That is your role. However, the individual is critically important to consider while you're doing this. And this is why this is a, this story will kind of help you understand why I learned, um, thankfully, not quite the hard way, but almost the hard way of, of why this is critically important in your role. I, w I ended up meeting with HR, I read the books, and it's like, oh, you need everyone to be top performers, which is, you know, kind of true. It's it's actually isn't always um, certain jobs. You need people just to do them and do them well. They don't need to be the very best at them. But I was still kind of inundated. You're a leader. You got to do this. You got to make sure everyone's performing at the highest level. Um, and if people aren't performing, you got to be the bold leader that steps in and tells them, hey, you, smarten up, get performing again. Don't uh, step it up. So I went to HR, they kind of walked me through the steps and they said, okay, so we need to investigate, did all the investigation, definitely a performance issue in this individual. Uh, so we wrote out, uh, the first step and there's, there's typically three letters, especially in the union that you have to provide when you're managing unionized staff before dismissal. 
And you want proof that you've done everything in your power to try and correct the behavior, not the individual, the behavior that was needed to be fixed to do the job. That is your role. So I was on step one. Uh, I did look in and I, I was like, yeah, this person is not performing. I reached out, did my investigation, even talked to them specifically about the work. I was like, I got to stay on track. I've got to make sure that I am doing this thoroughly because this is one of the first times I've been through this process. So I had my list of questions, sat them down quite uncomfortably, and I just hammered through the questions because that's what I was told I needed to figure out to do my first step to, to start resolving this issue. Again, very rookie for me. Uh, I look back now and I look way more relaxed and do these meetings, but I am way more strategic than I used to be because I used to screw these up all the time. Because uh, you read the books and it seems simple and you're reading from consultants who are often never late leading. They've like many people have not been in the trenches that are giving advice and you learn this the hard way over and over and over again. Uh, I was walking into it on this one. So I had my key questions. I met them. Then I walked into the meeting where I was going to lay it all out and just say, you know what? Uh, person, <laughs> you, I almost used the name. Anyways, you know what person you need to step it up. I've done this review. Here's the four examples of you missing this, this area. And, uh, oh, wow. There's just so much indiscipline I could talk about. Anyways. Um, there's, here's the things that I've found. Um, this was actually before I even knew about how to theme discipline, but that's totally a different topic. That'll take a long time to talk about probably more of a course related topic, but, um, it was, here's your, here's your issues. Here is, uh, the outcome of the investigation. And I had this sense as a, as this person was sitting across from me, my, I had a sense that there was something else going on. There was something that I had missed during this whole process. And I hadn't asked a question that I have learned to ask every time before that is, especially if you're investigating somebody's behavior, that it, um, you have to ask around to see, to identify whether it's a current issue or it's an ongoing issue. This is so important and I didn't know that because I was just dealing with the issue. That's razor focus is what I was told to be the scalpel, not the sledgehammer, you know, all this stuff. I was working through it. So I was trying to do my very best. And I had a, almost like an intuition. Something in there was like, I got to hold this back. I had HR in the meeting. And I was like, just wait a sec. There's something else going on. And I I just looked at him with the most caring possible. And I, I bet you I looked a little puzzled and I felt a little bit of pain that was going on in this person's life. And I just said, how are you doing? Before we get started, how are you doing? The person ended up breaking down, telling me a story and I won't share it. It's, it's super hurtful of what happened. And, and together we almost started to cry in the, in this, what was supposed to be a disciplinary meeting. Um, it was, it was the best decision I ever made because what I would have done if I didn't ask that question. And if I genuinely didn't care is I would have triggered a cascade of conflict 
if I didn't just ask the person, before we get started, I just wanted to check in. How are you doing? Like, you look a little troubled. Something's going on. Are you okay? What I learned was that had I have continued with the discipline, I would have created way more issues and never resolved the problem. If anything, I would have had the person moving into stress leave or moving into a much worse position that becomes, it comes to a place where it's almost unhealable, no matter how much skill or how much work you put into it. If people go on stress leave, you've missed your opportunity as a leader. You like, that is the number one sign of, of uh, poor leadership is if staff, if you have continual staff moving into stress leave and, and it just keeps happening, it's either systemic or a leadership issue. Um, uh, well, they're all leadership issues, but it might not be the direct leader. It might be the whole system that's breaking these people. But um, having that happen, and here's a shocking stack. I have never had someone go on stress leave under under my management in my entire career. And I feel like by saying that it's going to happen, and it probably will at some point in my career, but so far it hasn't happened. So just by looking at that person Sorry, I am jumping topics all the time. I am very tired today. It was a long day at work, but I really wanted to share this story because I think it could really help some people out. Um, had I of uh, had I have done this right at the beginning of my investigation, I would have figured out what was going on. But this person was quite close. They didn't feel like anyone cared, and when I genuinely cared for them, they opened up completely. You have to consider this as a leader. As your first step to any conversation, no matter what you're being told, no matter what people are pushing you to do, you are the leader. Your job is to care. So I'm going to give you a real simple tool or analogy to leverage as you work through this. It ties to something that I, uh, I've taken a lot of first aid courses and they call it like when you walk up to a situation, you need to look, listen, and feel. Uh, when you walk into a situation as a leader, you also need to look, listen, and feel. Your job is to identify the hazards that are around this situation. And in this case, it was a personal hazard. And I hadn't identified it. I'd missed it. And then you've got you've, you've to look around. You've got to listen. And you've got to feel. And instead of uh, um, checking for a pulse or whatever it was for first aid, your feeling is you've got to genuinely care for the person and feel for their problem. So the next time you're in a situation before you do what everyone else tells you to do, which happens all the time in leadership, you want to walk in and follow that first aid approach. You look around for hazards, things you might have missed. You listen to the person and then you genuinely care and feel for what they tell you so that they'll open up. If you don't do this, you might end up disciplining the wrong person. And the what happened to me is because I finally figured out, I stopped the meeting, I actually stopped giving the letter. I came alongside this person, we solved the problem, and that person ended up being a great performer on our team. And had I have not done this, I would have surely ended up in a long, long uh, battle with a lot of issues and I would have lost a great member of my team. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. 
If you know other leaders who could benefit from leading lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com. 